Hello. Can you hear me? This is your host, Charles McKenzie. And you've just tuned in to a special emergency broadcast of the podcast for people who want to survive healthcare. Join High Adventure. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with a special message. Now, uh, I would like this show, we would like this show uh, to be weekly. And in fact, uh, this week's episode, I was hoping to introduce you to someone called the um, Tainer Blood Gangster. Okay? But uh, I'm going to do that on a subsequent episode. It might be the next one. But today, I've uh, got some news for you. And uh, this is going to be very raw. Um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to bother using any scripts. Well, I actually never bother using any scripts. Uh, that's for a number of reasons. Uh, one is my hands don't work so well a lot of the time, so I can't be bothered <laughs> tapping them out. But um, so uh, this podcast, Join High Adventure, was actually, um, you know, it's about, uh, as I say, surviving healthcare, which it can be uh, somewhat perilous in case you haven't noticed in recent times. There's a, a lot of sudden deaths happening all of a sudden. And I think there's a lot of us that uh, have our own theories as to what that cause might be. But of course, it's taboo. And uh, if you watch mainstream media, uh, they they steer away from that. Okay. So uh, here we are, surviving healthcare together. I'm very glad that you've uh, tuned in. Do you know we've had thousands? I think we've got. I think it's seven thousand people who've recently downloaded. Uh, well, thank you very much. I, I would have been happy with seven people, literally, because. Um, if you've tuned into the previous episodes of this podcast, you'll, I've given you some background as to who I am. Um, I've been fighting Australia's longest-running medical cover-up uh, for decades. And in the 1980s, I was a victim of tainted blood, but I knew that I would be even before I received the blood as a kid. And, and as I've explained in this podcast series, that was because I went to boy, sorry, I went to school with a boy um, who acquired HIV/AIDS from a blood product that he didn't even need to survive. It was a treatment given for a thing called haemophilia. He had a, a mild version of it. And health authorities here in Australia basically denied him help. And he died, um, in my opinion, a traumatic death, um, having been denied pain relief and things like that in the lead up to his death while he was in hospital. That stuck with me. And it stuck with me how a government that has billions of dollars of our taxes would uh, not help a boy, a little kid from my school who was dying of AIDS. AIDS was a terrifying condition in the 1980s. For those of us old enough to remember, uh, I've played the uh, Grim Reaper ads that we had in Australia, the infamous public health commercials warning us about AIDS. And yet this scary virus, our government that we pay our taxes to, to, to do its lawful duty, um, they completely abandoned that boy. And they abandoned tens of thousands of other Australians who were infected and affected by our nation's deadliest medical scandal. And I knew that, you see, in the 1980s and in the 1990s, and I've been here ever since, okay, fighting these monsters. These are serious, serious, serious criminals. This is, you're listening to Australia's greatest medical crime. There have been taxes, our taxes in Australia have been used to cover up this crime. And that has led to people who've been infected, people like Haemophiliacs in Australia, as I've explained, there were 1,750 haemophiliacs who were infected with HIV and Hep C. 1,400 have now been killed. Uh, survivors were able to access no counselling, no services, no nothing. Because the Australian government does not want you to know that this ever happened. 
And as I've explained in this series, the reason for that is they turn blood or freely donated blood into one of Australia's biggest businesses. And in fact, Australia's biggest healthcare company, CSL, as I've explained, used to belong to us. They were privatised in 1994 to help them get away with this greatest ever medical crime. They knowingly and deliberately distributed tainted blood products to children. And as I say, one of those children went to my school and I've never forgotten him. He, um, and I've never forgotten the other kids. And uh, it wasn't just in the 80s that they infected children. No, they infected children in the 1990s at a time when they said the blood supply was safe. And uh, those haemophiliac children didn't even need that blood and they ended up, like me, with lifelong hepatitis C, which I'm fighting still to this day. Now, I have a number of things wrong with me. Uh, when I received blood in the 1980s, that was because, uh, as I've explained again in this podcast series, if you listen to the earlier episodes, uh, I'd had an adverse reaction to some uh, pharmaceutical medication that was given to me for some acne by my silly doctor, and it led to me having bone marrow failure. It's called severe aplastic anemia. I was unable to get a bone marrow transplant, which is the only cure. I've still not been able to get that transplant. And now, because I've had so many blood transfusions and blood products, uh, it would be rejected anyway, that I wouldn't survive one. So I, uh, what's happened is um, my bone marrow has a thing called a bone marrow signaling problem. Um, it was picked up last year. So it's making messages from my brain more difficult to get to the rest of my body. That's affecting motor function. I control that with cannabis. Lots of um, now, in order for me to walk, I have to take a, a pure THC, you know, full-spectrum cannabis oil. It's extremely expensive. I basically use about $200, $200 Australian dollars uh, a day uh, vaping and using pure cannabis just to walk, uh, to be able to talk, do this podcast, you name it. Um, my motor function is gone. I'm, uh, I'm gone, okay? <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm. I've been here since the 80s. I'm just a kid, just someone who's been on the sidelines observing life. And uh, I made this podcast series for the other people in my group in Infected Blood Australia, people who've got HIV or survivors of eight, who've survived that, people who've had been devastated by hep C, perhaps they've got the cirrhosis or liver cancer that was caused by the hep C. And I wanted to share um, what things we can do to help each other. And, and also, if I want to make this podcast series for other people and their healthcare. And we're going to expand in future episodes. And we're going to talk about every aspect that our audio, audience wants us to talk about with healthcare. There are no taboos with Joy and I Venture. Not as long as I'm involved anyway. I've suffered under taboos. I've been, I've been a taboo myself, okay, ever since a kid. Because I'm evidence that... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm part of the evidence of Australia's greatest medical crime and longest-running cover-up, right? So we've been denied help and care that we need for decades, and I've financed that myself. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars of my own money paying legal fees for Infected Blood Australia, the, the group that I'm president of. I didn't even want to ask for donations for Infected Blood Australia. We've only started doing that recently because I've run out of money. Tainted blood victims don't have any money. I didn't want any of their money. I want justice. I want justice for the children that were killed. They're in my head. And they've been in my head. So that's why there have also been a lot of women. When I started this group, I thought, you know, the group would be made up of haemophiliacs and kids who got given these blood products by CSL and the Australian Red Cross. Um, but actually, to my surprise, I opened up a telephone line decades ago, a dedicated phone line, and I went on Channel 9, uh, a TV station we have down here, Australia. And I went on the, I think it's called the Today Show. Um, I might put that in the links um, to the show notes for this episode. 
Um, you can see, and I was talking about uh, women who got uh, hepatitis C through childbirth. Well, let me tell you something. Our group is predominantly made up of women who were given blood transfusions during childbirth before the 2000s. And the thing is, is that doctors in Australia, most medical authorities knew from the early 70s that you should only give blood in life and death situations because there is always the risk of a virus. Blood was not safe in the 70s. They knew it. Okay, but sometimes uh, blood would be given to women to, you know, speed their recovery. They'd had a blood loss or something. That was the wrong way to prescribe blood, and yet it went on. And I think because everyone was so in love with the gift of life and the Australian Red Cross and people donating, it was all such so exciting, and you've had a hospital stay, oh, let's have, have some blood. Well, guess what? Thousands and thousands of women in Australia ended up with hepatitis C, a deadly virus that's left so many with cirrhosis, liver cancer. I've known so many of these women. Yeah. When I started the group, it was a big surprise. I didn't expect that they'd uh, be there, but the phone rang hot. Their husbands, uh, invariably, they've lost their partners, their relationships. And and that wasn't always because the husband left them because they had hep C. It was because the, the women for so long didn't know what was wrong with them. They were having all these catastrophic symptoms, really tired, chronic fatigued, headached, didn't feel energetic. And the husbands were saying, well, you're you're half a partner. And actually, you've become half a parent. What's wrong with you? We were so different. You know, you've lost, you've fallen out of love with me. And so for decades, a lot of these women, yeah, decades, because this cover-up's been so huge, their husbands walked. And then in some cases, of course, some men, finding out that their wife had something like hep C 30 years ago when it couldn't be cured, you know, for those women that had acquired it and they couldn't shake it, they walked. They just, they couldn't handle it. They just walked out. And so I've been talking to all these women who've been abandoned for years. I've, there's other women who got HIV from childbirth through the blood supply, and um, not all of those women lost their husbands, mercifully. How wonderful. But unfortunately, um, some inadvertently infected their husbands who stuck by them. You're listening to someone who's come from hell. I have come from hell. I love, I love Australia because I love our people here. I love the outdoors here. I love everything we've got, but we've got the worst government, the worst bureaucracy, man. This contaminated blood scandal happened all around the world and there are responses, some of them belated, sure, because governments don't like spending money, do they? They want to keep it all for themselves. I've explained that. But they got it done. But here in Australia, because business and fascism, and I mean fascism, Australian government will you know, try and make it look like they're left, left wing or you know, socialist or whatever it is. Um, that's just a ruse. It's full fascism. This, this company, CSL and the Australian Red Cross, you know, they've done, they've affected, infected and affected tens of thousands of Australians. They've done a terrible thing. This is a crime. And I've known forever and I've known the people had the last conversations and held the people as they died under it while being called a liar after that. So what's happened is this is a special broadcast because I've decided that uh, even though I have my bone marrow issues and various issues, when I was a kid, I was given tainted blood. And I've recently made the decision that uh, it's now time, and I, you can listen to a podcast on that. I equated the timing to like a bit like Muhammad Ali, although I'm not Muhammad Ali, but he fought a fight with George Foreman, a very famous boxing fight called Rumble in the Jungle in the 1970s. And this Foreman was much stronger than him and a bigger hitter, and he knew it. So he, he basically hung out on the ropes and just let this Foreman go at his body and sustained the pressure. And then when Hawthorne, uh, Foreman got tired in like the seventh round. Ali went, right, okay, well, I've concerned my energy. Now it's time for me to come out punching you. 
and uh, an exhaustive foreman was defeated by this tactical genius, Muhammad Ali. So I thought, well, I'll wait for my time because the treatments that they've been given people with Hep C uh, decades ago, like interferon, which I've spoken about in this podcast series, they kill people. <laughs> Some people were cured. It took six months, like gruelling chemo mumps, but loads of people had two or three goes. It was like six months of these terrible interferon antivirals, and they didn't even get cured. They ended up worse off after it, right? It shattered lives. And then there are these new, more successful Hep C treatments, which are far less gruelling and far less side effects. And they are curing Hep C. And if there's someone out there who, you know, treads on a needle and gets infected with Hep C, get to your doctor immediately. Uh, today, Hep C is no longer. Uh, such a scary thing. It's uh, easily dealt with uh, as long as you get to GP. Uh, you can, I think they can knock it out with antivirals there and then. But if you do take it, not everyone basically becomes infected. Some people naturally defend themselves. And if you tread in a needle, you're only getting a small amount of virus. But someone like me, and for someone who's had blood, blood transfusions, I copped a massive load. Now, due to my love of natural health and alternative medicine, Unlike so many people at my group in Infected Blood Australia, I did not develop, to my surprise, cirrhosis or liver cancer. In fact, I had my uh, what they call a fibrous scan, uh, which is like an ultrasound of my liver uh, a couple of years ago. And I was thinking, here we go, cirrhosis, you know. No, it came up normal. So, you know, all these tainted blood victims in Australia who've been denied the benefits of information about natural health and how we can protect our livers. We might not be able to cure our hep C, but can't we protect them? But that was all denied. Okay, now, my liver's normal, but the hep C has done something else. It's created, as I've explained in this show before, an autoimmune condition called cryoglobulinemia, which I can never pronounce. I'll leave it in the show notes. Basically, uh, if my blood gets a little bit cold, it causes uh, blood flow issues. It clumps together. Initially, I thought this this won't be much because I've had so many things come for me. But it's actually proven to be, uh, yeah, a lot and it's led to me losing my hearing at times. Um, I hard to know which is the motor function problems to do with my bone marrow, which is this cryoglobulinemia, which is caused by the hep C, but it's caused like hearing issues really bad. Uh, my right lung fails. Uh, I've collapsed, you know, a few times. My legs can fail. Blood can just go. Nerve systems go. And uh, about uh, oh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a collapse that happened. And I was on my own. I'm always on my own. Uh, that's the way it's been since the 80s. I like to keep it that way generally. Um, a lot of us who had tainted blood do. Um, a lot of the women in the group, you know, haven't hugged, hugged a man since the 1980s, you know. We're that disgusting to people, you know. Well, I don't think they are. They're not. And most people wouldn't think that. But that's what's in their heads. That's what's in our heads, you know. It's hard to get rid of. It's hard to explain. It really is. But uh, I've been like this since a kid. So, yeah, I uh, what's happened is it's... I've just decided to just live with it, you know, and I live life on the sidelines sort of thing more or less and let watched other people live their lives and have their joys and have their their mistakes and all of the stuff that one has. It's it's a journey, isn't it? Life's ups and downs. And I, I stood aside and I've basically just been fighting this war. But I, I did have dreams that one day the war would end, the war, the tainted blood war, this massive cover-up with thousands of people being murdered, the children being murdered. One day I thought I'd finish the war, I'd get to the end. I'm now 50 and my health is failing. So I wanted to clear the hep C so I could go out not being dirty. Now I could live to 99, maybe I will, like my Welsh grandfather. 
but I've had some catastrophic uh, symptoms. And recently I had a one where I collapsed and my, I went deaf and my legs went from under me and I, um, I started seeing people's faces in my, in my head. I started to wonder if they could, um, if they could hear me or sense. And, you know, I, I realized how much I missed them. And this has happened a few times to me. And it's because of this cryoglobulinemia. It's getting serious. And so I have started trying to get rid of the hep C because that apparently would be the cure. Now, if you know anything about me, my life, my nightmare was begun by an adverse reaction to Big Pharma. I don't do Big Pharma. Throughout this pandemic, you know, I had people trying to kill me with those experimental jabs. No, I refused. And I've been denied medical treatment as a result. I've got a bro broken teeth that hasn't been repaired as a result. I've booted out of the Sydney Dental Hospital. Uh, they even were supposed to do root canal. They put a cap on it a year ago on my back tooth, but I've been booted out and they haven't finished it. It's got to be getting dangerous um, because you're supposed to do the root canal within a year of putting the, the cap on, the, the starting the process. This place has gone to hell. I've come from hell. Okay? So... I'm going to try and get rid of this uh, hepatitis C virus that's been my affliction ever since a kid. And anyone knows about this virus, I took such a big viral load and I've had it so much that it's notorious, this virus, for causing mental problems, depression, all sorts of issues, you know, as it fights you. Well, I'm going to get rid of the bloody thing. It's ruined my damn life, I'll tell you that much. It's had people treat me like absolute shit and not consider me, not give a damn. It's made me invisible to people, Okay on the sidelines. So I want, before I go, I'm going to get rid of it. But what's happened is with these symptoms, I, we all need hope. And so I walked all these decades with hope, despite all the problems, despite people saying I couldn't do it, I couldn't take us to justice. We all need hope. And I had dreams as to how my mission would end. And I now realise those dreams are not possible. But I have friends from the Infected Blood Australia group who died and I said it's not possible for me to go on with the grief that came from that and I went on because I changed the dream and I made the dream about justice for them or how it might be when we meet again in heaven when we embrace and I say did I do a good job? So this podcast is a bit raw but it's the truth my dreams have had to change and it's not going to end the way that I hoped it would so, this special emergency broadcast, I'll leave a link to a GoFundMe. I'm running out of money. I, this, uh, my health conditions, I mean, I don't mind if I die. I'll never commit suicide. I'll never do that because my opponents, the Australian Red Cross, CSL, the British government, the Australian government, Hepatitis Australia, the Haemophilia Foundation Australia, everyone involved in health bureaucracy, okay, they would love it. I mean, they, they could come in any time and hang me. That's why I've got so much security around me. I know because there have been doctors who've been found dead after being subpoenaed to give evidence into the Australia's infected blood scandal. I know. I've had this my whole life. I've been looking over my shoulder. I know. Sometimes it was unreasonable to have those fears, you know, paranoid. How would you be if you were uncovering thousands and thousands of people being murdered and you're on your own, you're a kid? <laughs> so now my dreams have changed. I won't get my dream. And I know it. So what I'll do is I'll do what I did in the past. I'll recalibrate. 
I am going to, as long as I'm alive and as I say, I could live to 99. But what's happening with this motor function is I've become self-conscious. I like people to see me as strong, not as weak. I don't like people to see me wobbling like I've got mad cow's disease. I don't want people to see me with a walking cane. So I make these videos on behalf of Infected Blood Australia so people can fill out our petition so they can support the Royal Commission that we've been fighting for for decades, okay? We need to get a Royal Commission of inquiry into the contaminated blood scandal in Australia and into these crimes. It's really important. And the same company, CSL, that did it are the same company that made the AstraZeneca jab here in Australia, and that's harmed people in my group and infected blood Australia as well and killed Australians. We're in hell. So what I'll do is now that I'm recalibrating my dreams, I know that's over, okay? Well... There won't be that same ending for me. But what I will do, as long as I'm alive, and this is Joint High Adventure, I will drop truth bomb after truth bomb on behalf of the friends of mine that died and on behalf of the people of Australia and around the world who, like me, believe in decency and love and caring for one another. I thank you for listening. (laughs) 